Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. We've been parking in the book of Daniel with the interruption of Steve with a good, solid, how to hear the voice of God and discern his will for your life message in the middle. But Daniel is a book of history, prediction, uh, visions, dreams, interpretations, but it's also a book of controversy. If you go and read a little bit about the book of Daniel, you will find that not all Jewish people, scholars, see him as a prophet. Some see him just as a soothsayer. I don't quite know why, why they would say that, but they see him they don't see him as a prophet because he, he mentions the Messiah and the final kingdom. He mentions the resurrection. And if you know anything about that tradition, they, they don't all believe that there's going to be the, the glorification resurrection, if you put that down. So Daniel is a... Then you've got this thing of it's written a few, ta- few chapters in Hebrew. Skips over to Aramaic. Lands back in Hebrew. And you kind of think, is he writing this for select people and this for, for the common people? And, yeah, okay. and then somebody says, no, he could never have written this. Because when you look back with hindsight of, of where we are, it is too accurate. It is just too accurate when you go and look at the kingdoms and how it happened. He didn't write that back then. How could he? It's a... It's a book that, that speaks to us about how to live despite circumstances. The rabbis will consider him a very pious guy because he, he managed to live such a devout life despite the circumstances. Imagine people will believe in you and talk about you because you lived such a life of devotion to God and what he expects of you. Centuries later. Inspirational book. It's a book about how to go and conquer countries. How to make war. How to establish empires. And sadly, how to lose them. In pride and arrogance. It is a wealth of how we should live. If you look at our world now. I would say a a good thorough look at Daniel. Maybe once a year or something like that. Can only do you It'll do you good. Oh. Now, 10. Okay, can you guys remember my vision and my dreams when I said to you, I'm not going to talk about the interpretation. I'm going to talk about something else. Can you remember that one that I did? We're going to try and do something the same. But quick summary. 10 is the one where the angel comes to you and says, Daniel, I heard you, but I couldn't come. Why? Because the demonic forces, whatever he calls them, Prince of Persia, Prince of Greece, they were holding me back. They were restricting me. A lot of people have interpreted that and they've gone off on a tangent and they've taken that chapter as a full theology. They base everything around their lives on my angel, the opposition to my world and God's purpose in my life. That is my theology. I want to say it is part of the Bible, not the full summary of the Bible. But you also have to see that it is real. It is written. 
It's very interesting that he fasts for 21 days. And what does he say? I was prevented from coming to you for 21 days. Now, for all of those who want to make an argument against fasting, we're all going to say, yes, rather eat. (laughs) But there was opposition. There's a spiritual realm that Daniel in 605 could record. What is, is more interesting in this chapter is those things have come to pass. Daniel has just in chapter 9 finished crying out to God saying, my God, my people, they are oppressed. When are we going back? And God says, not as quick as you thought. Seven times 70. 490 years, I think that is. And now he comes here and he is not taking any ointment for the sun, no water, no food. That's chapter 10 and the angel appears and says, Daniel, I've heard you. I'm late. I'm sorry, but I'm here. Can I strengthen you? Then comes chapter 11. Chapter 11 sounds like the plot of a movie. The king of the north rises against the king of the south, and they tussle for for power. Who's going to be the strongest one? Who's going to defeat what? And and Egypt in the end gets um, taken or something. But it's it's a prophecy, a a vision, uh, something about that. And again, you can look at the interpretation now, with the pleasure and the luxury of hindsight. And you can see how it, it's history. Chapter 12. A beautiful book of deliverance is coming. My people, don't stress. I'm greater than whatever you're going through. I'll be there for you. Wish it was as easy as that, eh? Go through a bit of rough times, and, and I don't always see chapter 12 in my life. <laughs> I wish I could live in chapter 12. But there are chapters of lion dens and furnaces and uncomfortable truths that you have to share with people that have authority and power over you and friends that are taken and given new names and, and futures that are stolen because you are no longer able to reproduce. But there's a chapter 12. If you're going through chapter 1 to 11, hold on, because there is always a chapter 12. God is our deliverer. He is there. Be ye encouraged of some faith. I think that's King James or something. I don't know. All right, so let's quickly go through my points. We're going to do point one, chapter 10, point two, chapter 11, point three, chapter 12, and just highlight some verses that I thought is relevant for us. Everybody okay with that? Okay, cool. And then I'm going to hopefully bring it together with what I felt in God. So chapter 10, verse 1 says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel. A word. The translation of this of 490 times is translated a word, not a vision, not a dream, a word. It would be like the words that I come to you and say, I feel I have a word for you. God is saying he loves you with an everlasting love. There's no picture of hearts. There's not a, a, a pounding heart towards you. It is a word, a sentence. It is something written. It is something ordered that you hear, spoken. A word was given to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. As the, and the word was true. And it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and he had an understanding of the vision. 
we're parking there a little bit. The word thing. So we know that he was a man who could see or seek God for dreams, interpretations, visions. He's the one who saw the angel in the in robe with a golden belt and, and he had the appearance of this and that. He could see visions, but this time he's given a word, not a vision. And it says the word was accurate. So my interpretation of that is that Daniel had to test it somehow. So you come to me and say, I think I've got a word from God from you. You are driving uh, a blue car. And I said to you, yes, I do drive a blue car. It's confirmed. You know the word is true. I'm using a, a rough example here. You understand. So I have a sense that somehow the word that was given to Daniel was tested like that. It was something that, that was about him. The word came to him. In that word, then further it goes that this is what God's saying da, 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 that could come to pass. So the word came to him. The word came to him, and it was the basis to confirm the vision that was coming, that, that came at that point. Everybody okay with that? There was a word. Now, it says here that there was great conflict about the word. Now, you think about Daniel, you think this oak had to go to the person who had authority over him and tell him that this is the dream that you have dreamed, and this is the interpretation. You know that that dream wasn't that God will crown you with a crown of daisies, and your kingdom will be established for all eternity. I'm just saying that if I have to go to the people that I, I, I have to submit to and say, guys, um, God says he's going to take everything away from you because of your pride. I don't know if, if that will cause a bit of conflict in you, but it will cause a great deal of conflict in me. Because my livelihood, my future, my current circumstances depend on that. But here he says this word was a conflicting word. So I'm feeling for Daniel. Um, the second thing, verse 12. He comes and he says to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Fear not, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand. How many here have ever received a word that I've been speaking of? Just give me a show of hands here. You've received a word. Did you understand everything about that word? You did? Okay, Dad understood it. I didn't. I received words that I didn't understand everything about. There's a rainbow coming from your house. I'm like, ah, what's that? Sprinklers on. No, there was a rainbow that came from our house. Our daughter's called Iris. Her name means rainbow. But anyway. But you don't understand it. But in humility, this man who already knows that he can interpret and hear God, has gone to God and said, will you explain this to me? Because I'm fearful that my interpretation might not be your interpretation. You are going to prosper. The next minute, there you are at the lotto counter. Your hand said, um, four, seven times seven. T is four ninety, so it's seven, seventy, four, ninety. Go to God with your word and get him to interpret it for you. Be humble before him so you can understand it. We are working towards a point. Verse 16. And behold, one in the likeness of the, the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. And I said to him this, and uh, the reason of the vision, blah, 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 has pained me, and I'm very, very... And in verse 19, it says again, And he said, O man, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. 
And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. There was something of Daniel when he got the understanding of what the word was, that he spoke it out. There was something of speaking with confidence when God has told you, I am greatly loved by God. I can speak it out in confidence. And the man says, yes, be strengthened by that. How many of you ever take the word that you were given and say, I will proclaim it. I will speak it, even if I don't believe or feel it. I'm I'm by myself here today. You know, if, if you don't sometimes rise up and say, I am a child. Okay, now it sounds like I'm singing. I am a child of God. You sometimes can't counter the previous line, which is, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Because the world will throw at you the confusion, like my wife said this morning, and the situations that make you feel like you aren't what you are, and intimidate you, and bring fear and condemnation. But you hold on to that word that was given to you by God, and you say, I will say this with confidence. I am And you fill in what you are. Take a moment now and tell God, I understand your word and I am this. If you do not know that you are greatly loved, hear it this morning for the first time. If you don't know that you're a son or a daughter of the Almighty, hear it this this morning. You are. The only reason we can say that It's because the great I am, who is secure in who he is, the fullness of the Trinity, spoke that over each and every person here and in this world. Word and vision. I want to bring it together with vision quickly. When Marlisa and I got married, now some of you will know my my past. Not the best past in the world. Slightly confused. Didn't want to be married. At some point, God came and said, well, I'm correcting what you believe about yourself. You are my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, what does that mean? It means that I need to be a a man of God. I've got the potential to become a husband. I can father children. I am a man. That was the vision that God gave me in that instant for my life. But the word gave me oomph to pursue it. If I just saw this picture that when I looked in the mirror, there's a man. When I saw that picture, I was a man who could be a husband, could be a father, who could. But as soon as that word of God came, it brought credence and confidence for the vision. I had to go and say, well, what do I find attractive in women? Hmm. I like that. I like short hair. I like a pixie look. I got it. How many children would you want? I wanted four. Molly's wanted one. We got five. (coughs) 
So that was the first thing about our marriage. The second thing of our marriage, we then got married. But I was still a rubbish husband. Because I had the vision of marriage. She's my little wife who will serve all my needs. Had this picture of marriage, this vision. I lie in bed and I shout for coffee. And I can be harsh because I work the hardest. Because I am masculine in my makeup. God brings word to that vision at a camp where he says, I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart heart of flesh for your wife. Because there's word under the vision, all of a sudden there is life in the marriage. Are you starting to understand what I'm saying about chapter 10? There is a vision for your life. And we often preach about that. But do you have the word that breathes life and brings reality to it? Second one, chapter 11. What did I say here? Verse 34, 34, 35. Let's open there. I wanted to show you guys just as a little thing. Uh, Handy book for you when you're studying the Bible, the Lion's Handbook of the Bible. Um, it's what I, one of the books I refer to when we, we preach. It gives you a good, solid understanding of the books. It tells you about who wrote it, when they wrote it. If you don't have this in your library and you count yourself a scholar or a, a, a person, get one. It's a good, solid start. All right. So I just had it in case I forgot the summary and which chapters were written. Um, but I can tell you, one. It's written in Hebrew, 2 to 7 Aramaic, and the rest in Hebrew. See, I have a book, but I have a memory also. Let's go to 11, verse 34 and 35. And it says, when they stumble, they shall receive a little help, and many shall join themselves to them with flattery. And some of the wise shall stumble, so they may be refined, purified, and made white until the time of the end. For it, is, it still awaits the appointed time. Now, the history here is that the interpretation of some of the commentaries and the, the scholars say that it is Antiochus. I don't know how to pronounce it. But he was a, a king who came after his father the great and who used flattery and manipulation and bribery to get the kingdom back. He was also called the, whatever, Antiochus, the, the mad because he would sit with, with um, common folk and... And behave like them with them in brothels and in pubs of the day. You have to understand that. So the scriptures says that they will join them with flattery. How accurate is God? Like Daniel couldn't have known that that was the modus operandi, but yet he, he says it. But anyway, now what I want you to focus on here is that they will be refined purified and made white until the time of the end, for it still awaits the appointed time. And he says there that some of the wise people will stumble because they need to be refined, purified, and made white. And all of us want to say, but if I'm pursuing God, I cannot stumble. I cannot falter. If I slip up once and not read my Bible in the morning, 
I've stumbled. I'm not re- like refined or purified or made white. I'm a sinner. Anybody feel like that? Maybe just, just people from the... <clears throat> Where do we stay? Joburg. Yeah, we, we fortunate. People from Joburg feel that. That doesn't make sense, does it? Because you think if you're working, walking up a path of purity, it has to be a path of continued, continuous, uninterrupted pursuit of God and His, His instruction for life. But yet it says, when they stumble, they will be refined purified, and made white. There is a journey that we are on. And there is a purpose in our journey that we are on. And it's just a reminder this morning. It is nothing profound. Like it says in Romans, that he will, like all things, not sure. He'll make all things work out for his glory. Your tough situation will work out for his glory. We don't want to hear this because we want God to be our instant cup of coffee. We don't want to go through the process of grinding the missing beans, extracting an espresso, microfoaming the milk, and pouring it with a little heart. Take courage. You are greatly loved. That word love that the angel speaks to Daniel does not just mean you are loved with an everlasting love, agape, and, and that type of love. It also means you are approved by me. And some of us need to know that we are approved by God even when we have stumbled. As a person, you are loved even when you stumble. Don't hear my point that there is, is grace for sin. There is grace in sin. But know that there is a purpose for what you're going through. That is my take on chapter 11. Chapter 12. Verse 13. Ending it at the end. (laughs) But go your way till the end. And you shall rest and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. And definitely it speaks about when God comes back and we stand with him. Our allotted place of people that have been bought by the blood of the lamb. Have accepted him as Lord and Savior and being like resurrected and glorified in his presence, forever united with him like a bride and a groom. That's what it speaks of for sure. But I want to tell you, it also says that there is a lot of thing that you need to do on this earth, right here, right now, 
for such a time as this. Go your way so that you may stand. I wish I could tell all of you that a journey to pursue what God has for your life is easy. (laughs) And it's instant. And it happens. But it doesn't. Be courageous and go your way. Here this morning, that God says, go your way. When you have the vision and it is grounded with the word, you can go despite the circumstances. But the point is, you've got to go. To take my analogy, I had to ask her to marry me. I had to go through a very long sermon by our cousin on our actual wedding day. I wish he had told us he had never done a wedding before. Because the briefing would have been different. We went through a a honeymoon night locked up in a small little tower on two single beds. With hot champagne and Omar Rusks. Anybody want that picture for your honeymoon night? It's up for grabs. We had to drive to Belito. We went on honeymoon. We, we have a journey, this marriage. But it wouldn't have gone anywhere if I just stood at this, the altar and Molly stayed at the back. Or if we got together and we just stayed there in the church. Oh, this is comfortable. Lovely little building. We'll just park off here. And doesn't the flowers look nice today? I do, do envy that church that we got married in the building, the, the baptismal bath. It was heated and it was spectacular. But anyway, next week we'll have a pool again here in front. But there was a journey that we had to go our way on. It breaks my heart. When people allow the things of this world to smack you down so much that you just sit and say, yes, I have a purpose for my life. Wonderful. But I I just don't have the courage to do it. No, no, no. I'm just not going to pursue it. Everything in life is almost geared to intimidate you. And everything in God is geared to encourage you. Today is not, for me, not just an ordinary day. 49 plus 1. Days ago we celebrated Easter. Which according to history makes today the day of Pentecost. Penta meaning five, so the 50th day, 49 plus one. Which is so beautiful because in God, everything like the 50th year is the year of Jubilee. The year of of his liberty, his freedom, his abundance. When your debt is written off and you get back land that you you squandered. That's how it is. Today is, 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 is that. I mean, but not that, but that, if you understand what I'm saying. It's the same day it's the same time you know that that's when 
and God poured out the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, I will ask the Father to send the Comforter that will come to you and won't leave you. The Trinity said, I will be God the Father, then I will send my part which is Jesus, and then I will leave my part that is Holy Spirit with you forever. The Holy Spirit didn't come into existence in the New Testament. It was the Holy Spirit that was present when it rushed upon Saul, and it rushed upon Samson, and it rushed upon people in the Old Testament where we read about it. It's the same Holy Spirit that was present with Daniel. You see, Daniel walked in a lot of these things because he was submitted to the Spirit. He was aware of the Spirit. He was sensitive to the Spirit because the Spirit is God. And he walked in a degree of the things because the Spirit was real to him. Today is, signifies that day when God said, Here's my spirit. They were in the upper room and they prayed. Tongues of fire came upon them. They spoke in tongues. People gathered to see the phenomena and said, how can they speak in a language that they don't understand of the glories of the God that we do not know? And on that day, 3,000 were added to the number. Do you walk with that type of awareness of the Spirit in your life. That you can walk in this path that Daniel has walked, despite opposition, whatever, because you are aware that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Godhead is present in your life. That you are aware that you are submitted to that Godhead. That you have access to that Godhead. I'm hoping <laughs> that you are reminded about the realness of what Pentecost is today. You've got access to it. I've got access to it. Why don't you stand with me?